Hello and welcome. This is Heartstock Radio. I am your host, Carol Murphy, and Daniel Hogan is in the studio. Today, our guest is Michelle McLaughlin. She is speaking with us from Montana. I'm always excited when we get to share the story of a fellow entrepreneur from the state of Montana. Just a moment, Michelle will be with us and tell us all about what she is up to. She is the founder of Montana Pure Skin. I'd like to remind you that you can email us at heartstockradio at gmail.com. We're on all the social media channels as well. You can also find us on the KBMF website, 102.5. Thanks for listening. This is Heartstock. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Today, our guest is Michelle McLaughlin, and she is the founder of Montana Pure Skin. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited and nervous to be here and uh, honored. Oh, honored. Thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners. What is Montana Pure Skin? Can you give us a little intro here? Well, it's my little soap company. I'm your local neighborhood soap pusher. You know, I started off um, making soap in my aunt's garage and um, it's try- I'm trying to develop it into a brand and um, it's my passion. So you're located in the Kalispell area of Montana? I'm actually west of Kalispell in a little town called Marion. So um, if you blink, you miss it. We have two bars, a gas station, a school, a firehouse, and a post office. And that's it. You get 10 of us together, you get a full set of teeth. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a dentist, so I, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's right. You are. Yes, yes. What was the, the origins and the start of your company? What, what made you decide to go down this path? Oh my gosh. When um, we finished our house, because we built, we bought property in 2011, um, 2012 rather, and we built our own house and it took us, you know, a good 10 years, you know, to do it. And the summer that we were putting the finishing touches on the deck, I started getting depressed because that was my purpose. And I know I didn't have any purpose after that. And I found myself getting depressed and floundering and putting weight on because I didn't have anything else to do. And I started started playing a game. And on this game, you know, you play with other people and you talk to people, you know, via messaging. And one of the persons that I was playing with was a soap maker in Florida. And she quickly became my mentor. She, her name was Joyce Matthews. And she sent me soap. And after that, I was done. Stick a fork in me. I obsessed about soap. I obsessed. I watched the videos. I mean, I'd be up till two o'clock in the morning watching soap videos. It was, you know, it's it, it's it's intense. It's just it just made me feel like that was supposed to be what I was supposed to be doing, you know. And that's kind of how I started making soap. And it's because I floundered and had no purpose. <laughs> I am really curious. Are you from Montana or if not, what brought you here? Um, Well, I'm actually from Las Vegas and it's kind of a God thing, you know, Um, when I 
met my husband, I had just had a, a bad breakup like a few months prior and which I had, I had a, a panic attack, which put me in the hospital and they put me on Xanax and I was just sad. And then one day I just cried out to God and said, okay, I'm ready to meet the man I'm supposed to marry. I, you know, I've learned my life lesson, you know, basically Jesus take the wheel. Within six months, I met my husband. Then six, we got married. We decided to to leave Las Vegas. We quit our jobs. We let everything go, and we just hit the road. And we traveled for five months, and we drove through Montana. And I'm like, this is it. This is where I want to stay. I don't, I don't want to travel anymore. I want to stay here. And that's how we came to Montana. We drove through and stayed. <laughs> and what year was that? That was 2011, and we had to leave for six months. And then that's when we bought our property, the like right after Christmas. So the, you know, early year of 2012. And we were on the property that summer with our infrastructure. And I spent my first winter in our fifth wheel by myself because he had to go someplace <laughs> for, th- for three months. <laughs> well, what was uh, that like? Um, and I have to kind of share with our listeners that many people would have tucked their tails and ran <laughs> at that point. No, Mont- Montana heck, winters are not easy. <laughs> you know what I struggled with? The dark. The dark, yeah. I, it's the dark I came for from me Vegas. Yeah. Yep. I came from Vegas. It's always light. And at one point, like I turned the light off and I opened the door and went to step outside and it was so dark outside that it took my breath away. And I had to close the door real fast and turn the light on outside because it freaked me out. (laughs) And this was probably like at 7.45 in the morning. (laughs) No, I think it was like uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon because, you know, it gets so dark. (laughs) Or the evening, rather. Yes, indeed. So do you feel like there was um, anything that prepared you for this entrepreneurial journey in your past? I am no, no, not actually. I dropped out of high school. I dropped out of high school at seventeen, and then didn't get my GED until I was twenty-six. Mm. And then I, I worked for the county in Las Vegas for like fifteen years, and I was constantly looking to advance. And you know, I topped out early. Uh, I worked for the parks department towards the end of my my county career as a uh, senior park maintenance worker, and I ran an inmate crew. So I'd go down to the county jail, pick up guys, and we'd go work at the parks. And I loved it. And so like living in Montana is like being in a big park. Oh, I love it. I had grass before I had a house. (laughs) (laughs) So once you decided that it was soap uh, for you and your company, I know for me, that was kind of the hardest thing is just deciding what it was that my business was going to be about. Once you decided that, how did you prepare and uh, begin your journey? I, you know, I didn't decide right away to make a company until or, or start a company. Like I didn't wake up one morning and says, I'm going to start a business. Gee, what's going to be? No, I took one soap class. And in the middle of that class, I made a decision that I'm going to do this. And I think that's where any anything starts off is you have to make the decision. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't say someday. Because you know what? Someday does not happen. You make a decision. And once you make that decision, doors will open. If doors don't open, windows will open and you jump through those windows. But it all started with a decision. 
and that was okay what was the question again <laughs> yeah how did how did you be how did you prepare for your journey and what steps did you take i mean that's that's a very that's it that's i made the decision yeah. and then mm-hmm. just things start, started to fall into place once i made that decision so i the just watching a bunch of videos and we were we were in maryland at the time and maryland we were in between washington dc and baltimore city and there's so many things to do. I took pottery, was good at it, but wasn't my passion. I took, um, you know, I tried to do stuff because I was just trying to find myself. But then when I took that soap class, that was it. And then just this doors happened, opened. People mm-hmm. were put in my in, in my path mm-hmm. along my journey. Like my, my friend Joyce, for instance, mm-hmm. if it had been for her, oh my gosh, she's my mentor. I love this woman with all my heart. And she's a big reason why I'm where I'm at today mm-hmm. is because of her encouragement. And she even told me um, a couple weeks ago that she's surprised I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she thought it would just be a phase. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit curious about what happened in that soap making class that sparked your soul, so to speak. What What was it that made you realize this is it? This is for me. The pontification. <laughs> So pontification, baby, that's where oil and wa- oil and lye water turns into a soap batter and goes through saponification. I felt like a mad scientist mm-hmm. and just, you know, mixing and measuring and and then the art of it because it's an art form. And that's why I like doing small batches because it kind of keeps it artsy. And so I was like totally in my right brain. I had I was tapping into my creative side. It was fun. And then people enjoyed it afterwards, you know. You said that people were put in your path and your business evolved from there. Can you share a little bit, you know, the the first beginning stages, what were critical for you? Gosh, that's a tough question. Because really, I think once I made the decision, it was just easy. It, there, it just, things fell into place. It's hard to explain. It was so effortless, you know. So I met someone through Instagram. They were using Equid. So my website is through Equid. That fell into my lap, you know, and then, okay, so we were in Florida. That's where I learned how to, you know, did my first soap batches down in there. And then we traveled to Arizona. And then on the way through back up to Montana, we went through Vegas and I had a bunch of soap that I had made. And so I had my friends that from Vegas, like, you know, give me, Pity purchases. They like, oh, isn't that sweet? She's making soap. Let's help her out and buy some yeah, soap. Catch her well, then, the top of your head. I, I had a few of those yeah. early on, especially from yeah. um, software engineers who happened to be Ben. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, they gave you the pat, you know, good job. You know, I you know, I love you, so I'll support you. Well, then those pity purchases turned into reorders. And then they told friends and then their friends started ordering. And I had one, my one girlfriend, Sheila, she's like, I got to keep you in business because I can't go back to Libra 2000. You know, (laughs) your soap is amazing, you know? And so I I started getting validated. And as I got validated, then I would push forward and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And like, I got into shampoo bars because somebody's like, well, do you do shampoo bars? I'm like, okay, let's, let's take a, let's look for that. And so, you know, I went online and I found a Swiss crafty monkey and she's got eBooks and, and classes. So I formulated my own shampoo bars and that's with my soap too. I formulated it. It's not a recipe off the internet. You know, I listen to people like, 
people say, well, it's not bubbly enough. So I did things to make it more bubbly. I, it's drying my skin out. Okay. So I did things that make it more moisturizing or it's not lasting long enough. So I did things that make it harder. And so I listened to people's feedback and I made adjustments and just kept, you know, like the little train that could, I just kept on going, you know, one foot in front of the other. And what came next after your website? Uh, farmers markets. Uh, last year, we didn't do any farmers markets because a lot of things were canceled, which is good. It's okay. I'm okay with that because I use that time to learn and to kind of uh, evolve my my label, my my packaging. And this year, the farmers markets were phenomenal. I did not expect what happened to farmers markets. I got hammered. I ran almost ran out of soap, and I had well over 500 bars of soap, and it just, it floored me. The And then like people coming back and getting more because they liked the first one they got, you know. So farmer's markets and your website and... Uh, Instagram. Oh, okay. Yes. And what, what I, how, how is Instagram helping? Well, there's auction houses on Instagram. And so what I would do is I would auction, you know, there's a couple of keep it handmade as an auction, spare time auction house. Um, basically you submit like three pictures and you put your information there and people will bid on your soaps, but it was a perfect way to get my soaps in people's hands. And I've gotten repeat customers from that. I've gotten referrals from that. And so that's been a blast. And I made friends. It's like, I make a joke. Oh, you're only my customer once after that. You're my friend. Well, it's not a joke anymore. It's true. I've had people from Atlanta come out and go hiking with me. and We had coffee. Another person down from Hamilton came up here for work and we met for coffee. And, you know, it's just like developing those relationships. I think that's what I get out of this most is the the interaction with people and being a blessing. You know, that's kind of like my mission. It turned into that is being a blessing to people in one form or another. If it's just being funny and quirky and get, making somebody laugh and making them realize that life isn't so serious that we none of us get out of it alive, you know, enjoy what time we have left, you know. This is our midway point. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're we're going to talk to Michelle more about her soap and how she makes it and why. This is Heartstock. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Thanks for listening. This is Heartstock Radio. Today our guest is Michelle McLaughlin, and we were just talking about her startup business and kind of the evolution of that. And you mentioned, Michelle, your mission. Can you talk a a little bit more about that? What is the mission of Montana Pure Skin? Well, in the beginning, I had no mission. I was just kind of, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. And one day a friend of mine, she says, how can I pray for you today? And I said, you know what? Pray that I'm a blessing to someone. Pray that I, pray that I bless someone's life today. And I was just getting ready to go to a farmer's market. I was actually there setting up. And it just came out of my mouth. And that's what's kind of involved into my mission 
is to be a blessing in some way. If it's to eventually get big enough to where I can be an employer and I could, you know, help lift people up, you know, to um, better themselves or to bump into someone and just have a conversation and have a connection and make them feel better about themselves, you know? So I don't know. Can, can being a blessing be a mission? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) I think that's a great mission myself. And you talked earlier a little bit about your formulations and I'm just wondering what you, what is your secret sauce here? What's, what's in your soap? And why is that important? Why did you, I mean, you talked about just kind of the practical aspect of it, but um, is there anything else special about what's in your soap? Well, I mean, this may sound silly, but love, love and gratitude. I don't make soap unless I'm in a good mood or I'm in a grateful mood or I'm in, in, in good headspace because our thoughts and our words have power and have energy. I mean, if you think about it, we were spoken into existence. Well, if that that right there tells you how powerful our our words are. So part of my secret sauce is that I don't soap if I'm in a bad mood. So love goes into it and great and gratitude goes into it. Um, But as far as like physical materials, you know, I use a lot of coconut oil and I use organic when I can, you know, like the, like my, my coconut oil is, um, it is always organic. Um, my tallow, I used beef tallow. It's grass fed. Um, I use unrefined uh, shea butter because something happens to shea butter or even in any of the oils when you try to refine it, stuff gets taken out of it. So, and then I use apricot seed oil when I mix my colorants and apricot seed oil is very good for our skin. Olive oil, basic soap materials, but um, the percentages change. So when I went through my formulations, you have to have a good balance of hard oils and soft oils. If you put too many soft oils, it doesn't get hard. If you put too many hard oils in it, it it's it doesn't it lasts a long time, which is good, but it might be more drying because you don't have enough of the soft oils in it. And palm oil. I use palm oil and I try to get responsibly sourced oils because I know palm oil is is a hot hot ticket item you know a lot of people um you know are they have feelings about palm oil and i purposely found oil that was responsibly sourced because i don't want to be part of the problem i want to be part of the solution and palm oil is so amazing and i knew i wanted to use it It has vitamin e it has vitamin a it's anti-aging it does like a refatting i don't know if that makes any sense but after you use it is oil the oil has properties in it that actually benefit your skin. It hydrates your skin. And I knew I wanted to use it. It's amazing. But I didn't want to be part of a problem. And that's, you know, wrecking our rainforest and, you know, killing animals. So I made sure to find responsibly sourced uh, materials. Yeah. Since there's large swaths of the rainforest being eliminated, removed, burnt, clear-cut, um, mm-hmm. Put in mm-hmm. lots and lots of palm oil. There's a whole conversation around that particular issue. And yeah. like you said, it's um, it is kind of a hot topic. You know, once we we know more about how some of the bad things that um, current ways of growing palm oil, um, sure, that we can do better. And I, I really Absolutely. appreciate that. Um, yeah. And 
how are you funded? Uh, you know, this is kind of a a big well, issue for a lot of entrepreneurs is just being able to find the money to start their business. Well, I mean, thankfully, it. I had some savings. You know, I, I'm I retired early, so I have uh, income coming in from that. But my friends and family, with their pity purchases, started funding me. You know, but I did. I haven't had to lean on anyone too hard. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm not. I'm self-funded. <laughs> I'm self-funded, <laughs> but I take donations. <laughs> Every little bit helps, especially in the beginning, right? Absolutely. But you know, this year I was able to get one of those those she sheds. You know, the yes. and put put that on our property, and I was able to do that. You know, fairly reasonable. Plus, I'm pretty handy. I, mean, I built a house for crying out loud. So we bought a shell, and you know, did all the insulation. We did the the, the electrical. I have a friend that's a plumber. You know, I mean, like when we built our house, I had my hands in all of it. The dirt guy. I I got in the ditch and laid my own pipe and pulled my own wire. And I'm pretty handy that way. A true entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit. And I didn't even know I had it. Like I said, I was a high school dropout. Yes. Maybe that's why I'm doing so good. You know, because in school, they teach you how to be an employee. They teach you how to make somebody else's dream come true. They don't teach you how to make your own dream come true. Oh, that's that's a, a good take on that. I like that. So mm-hmm. how has COVID impacted your business? I mean, for some, it's been devastating. For others, it's been a boom. It hasn't. It hasn't affected me one way or, or another. Um, in fact, I'm cleaning up. But I'm boom, psh, little soap joke there. It was, <laughs> it was definitely funnier in my head. <laughs> In my notes, insert joke here. Okay, erase it. <laughs> no, it hasn't affected affected me at all. I mean, I'm I work from my property. I don't have a lot of contact with people. Yeah, it, like I said, it hasn't affected me one way at, at all. Maybe it's helped in some ways. I mean, I know that a lot of folks that I've spoken to that are selling online, in particular since more of us are shopping online, have you seen an increase on, in online sales? Well, well, I started in May, right in the middle of it. So I don't have any reference. Uh, I mean, some people gotcha. are like, what? It's a pandemic. What are you doing starting a business? Well, uh-huh. you know, during the depressions, Perfect. millionaire was made. Yeah. You know, millionaires are made during the depression. It's a mindset. And I've chosen not to have a lack mentality because that it's, Like I had a friend of mine say, oh, there's so many soap makers out there. The market is saturated. I don't believe in competition. That's bunk. Competition is a myth. There's a million gazillion people out there and there's enough to go around. And so I don't worry about who's making soap or who's, who's doing better than me because I have my people. They just haven't found me yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. As I like to say, the cream always rises to the top. Yep. Yep. In fact, I, you know, if, if there's a struggling, you know, soap maker out there that wants to do better, I'll mentor them because the more people that gets handcrafted soap in their hands that realizes it's better than the alternative detergent junk that the stores sell, that'll make us all, you know, do better because people are going to want it. They're going to want it because it's a better, you know, way of cleaning their hands and showering and their skin is better for it, you know. Part of the reason why I got into this was my aunt has really bad psoriasis. And so I was trying to develop something that would help her with her skin issues, you know, and, and then her grandson 
and daughter have really bad acne. So again, I'm trying to develop something that will help with their clear up their acne. And it's been improving. It's been improving. So I guess something's working. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> sign. Mm-hmm. So tell us, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? What lays ahead for you? We don't know what's, you know, going to happen. I can only look that right at, in the front of my face and see what's happening right now. But I can imagine eventually building, you know, a, a big facility and being able to employ people and bring jobs to our community and, again, be a blessing. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that happen, you know. But I don't want to get so big to where I lose that personal touch, you know. I mean, I've made so many friends just by talking to them about their skin issues or, you know, what they like about the soap or, you know, the shampoo bars or the body butters or scrubs or, you know, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that personal touch. Can you share with us just a little bit about the different types of products? Because I know it's more than just bars of soap. Well, soap is my passion. Soap is definitely my passion. But then I would get someone say, hey, do you have laundry soap? Laundry soap? Do a little research. They wanted 100% coconut soap. You would think that 100% coconut soap would be a great bar of soap for your skin. Well, it's not. It strips every strip of moisture from your skin. It's very cleansing. It's perfect for laundry soaps. And then you add borax and washing soda and baking soda and, you know, a fragrance to it. And you have a wonderful uh, laundry soap, handcrafted laundry soap that works just as well as the store-bought stuff. I had cut myself and I had blood on my sheets and I didn't notice it. And then when I went to throw them in the in the washing machine, I, I said to myself, oh, I need to I need to treat that little blood stain. Well, I forgot to. And my soap got it out. My laundry soap got it out. I was shocked. You know, so it's, it works just as well as the store-bought stuff without that icky chemicals that stay on your skin, you know. And then I do salt scrubs or salt glows. When I went to massage school in my early or my mid-20s, we learned how to do salt glows and I have those available and I make them fresh. So they don't sit around and get rancid. And that has like three different types of salt and clay and honey and two different types of oil. And you, oh, it's wonderful. Oh, it's, it's an experience. And I have one bag. I, I'm thinking about renaming it couples therapy because you use enough for like two people. <laughs> you know, and it's good to always exfoliate with a friend. <laughs> and then I have body butters. And my body butters have been a huge hit this year because I started doing the Costco thing. Here, would you like to try, you know, giving samples? And people love it because it's not greasy. It soaks right into the skin smells good but you know so they get a benefit out of it and they, they've been coming back for more and then shampoo bars shampoo bars were a a request um and so it took me about six eight months to develop a shampoo bar recipe that i liked and i would send out samples and have people try them and it's ph balanced i, I haven't cut my hair in a year and a half and I, my, my ends look fine. They look great. I've been using shampoo bars for six months now, mm. you know, during my testing phase. And my hair is in great shape. And then one other thing, this year at the farmer's market, I had people asking me about mosquito spray. So I had this botanical mist base that has all these wonderful vitamins and stuff in it and, and extracts. Well, then I added essential oils to it to make it a mosquito repellent. And it's been a huge hit. 
Mm. to the point where I had to launch it on my website because people are requesting it. How might folks find you, Michelle? Uh, well, they can find me through my website, which is montanapureskin.com. Instagram is Montana underscore pure underscore skin. They can find me on Facebook. You know, they just, you know, search Montana Soap Maker and I think I pop up. And you can call me, 406 407 3451. I'm always available for to answer questions. And, and if I don't have the solution, I'll find the solution or I'll put You'll you in the direction it. of someone who does have the solution. Yeah. This is Heartstock. And thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your story and for making soap and being a blessing. Thank you. As usual, we'll see you next week. Peace. Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. Thank you, Randy.